0: Stay about it. I'm not pouting. Break through walls
1: and it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better... Or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy And be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Let me ask you something before you dive into this episode. Do you ever struggle to make change? Do you ever struggle to make it last, to shift the way that you think, the way you feel, to build a new habit or skill set? Do you always seem to fall short? Why is it so fucking hard? Well, in this episode, we explore why with my guest, Clinton Macaulay, and I really, really think you guys will enjoy this episode. Of course, I'm asking that question rhetorically. We all struggle to some extent with making change, and if you don't, well, this podcast may not be for you, Um, but if you're like the majority of us, you can relate, and I know you're going to get some value from this episode. We look at the neuroscience of why change is so hard. Clinton talks about the process for making lasting change, how to make it actually practical, and follow through with lasting change. We also look at what masculinity and femininity means in today's world and what some of the cultural challenges are. So it's a really interesting conversation. Lots of tangible takeaways from this one. And Clinton is an absolute superstar. So enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Brain Taming Show. Today, I'm really lucky to be joined by Clinton McCauley, um, who's been involved in the personal development space for over 25 years now. He's also had a really long stint in the chiropractic world after a nasty back injury when he was younger, uh, which ultimately got him started in, in this journey to, to want to truly help people and have an impact. And he's been heavily involved in learning about human behavior, psychology, spirituality, all the stuff that I talk a lot about on this program. And he brings a really unique insight into that world of personal transformation so i'm excited to talk about change today the process of change and what's involved some of the hurdles um, that come in the way along that process and a few other topics that i'm sure you guys will get a lot of value out of so uh mate with that said welcome to the show clinton
0: thanks liam thanks for having me mate looking forward to it
1: well i really like your i like your journey mate and your story we're talking a bit off there so i'm really excited to kind of pick your brain a little bit this morning but I guess to start I want to talk about change you know someone uh, everyone to some extent I imagine is wanting to make some sort of shift whether it, whether it's in their body their mind how they feel how they show up in the world build a new skill set whatever it might be um, but from your experience what I would love to know is why the hell is change so damn hard <laughs>
0: hey do you know what it's a, it's an interesting thing because even if you make little changes, it's just as hard as making the big ones, and it all comes down to. And I think you know, I was going to say this. I'm really blessed that I went through the chiropractic field because we learned about neurology, we learned about science. Mm. So there's actually a real scientific explanation as to as to why that happens. So our brain is hardwired to make us always think about survival first, right? You know what's going to make us survive. What's going to give us security? What's going to give us safety? So when we look at something, so just say it's even something basic, trying to go, I want to start going to the gym five days a week. And you've never been, right? The safety of the body goes, oh, that's new. or that may be dangerous. Or you know, even though we're going, I'm just going to lift weights. Right? You know, So logically, we can go, it's okay. But unfortunately, our subconscious brain doesn't think logically. It thinks, no, it's new and it's gonna kill us, right? So we hesitate. So any sort of change, and I'm making it simple, but it's really, really a stubborn thing, but it's designed um, its designed by part of the brain called the amygdala to keep us safe. So if you think about s- simple things and then changing habits, you think about big changes where you suddenly go, wow, I've just had this relationship fall apart on me and you know this is really bad. I've got to make some big changes in my life, right? The bigger the changes, it's still the same safety net. So, of course, obviously, the bigger the change, the more fear comes into the subconscious. And this is the thing. It's subconscious stuff. So we can logically go, yep, it's fine. The subconscious go, no, 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 that's new and it's going to kill us. So that's really the scientific answer in, in a basic understanding. So, mm. you know, to really hit those changes. You've, it's part of the thing that it's got to create a habit. Right Now, habits naturally come from our subconscious as well. So that's why they say it takes 28 days to form a habit. But the thing that is really interesting is, is that people will do something for 28 days and they'll create change and they'll go, hey, this is great, done it. And then they'll stop doing it consistently. The problem is you actually need to do it for 90 days because mm. 90 days, you 28 days to create a habit, but it's 90 days to solidify that habit so it stays permanent. And that's the big breakdown is from day 28 to day 90, we stop. And if we stop then, that habit's not
1: ingrained into our subconscious. Mm, I really like that, I can relate. I know people listening can certainly relate. Um, And i found that so many times where I've tried to build a new skill set or even to shift the way that I kind of feel, I suppose. And this is kind of what I wanted to lead into with you, mate, is when it comes to say habit stacking or building habits or changing behavior, it's not just the kind of practical side of things where people fall short, whether it's, you know, trying to get in shape or, you know, start a, a meditative practice, for example. Um, I think what's really interesting conversation to dive into is the habits of thought. And so I guess the self narrative that people can get trapped into. I know I can at times. So what yep. we're talking about here, does that, does that also relate to um, if we're trying to shift the way that we say feel on a daily basis, for example, our brain might be, this is my interpretation and we might be used to feeling a certain way, you know, every morning. We always feel sluggish, or we always feel, you know, a little bit tired, or we never look forward to our day. Can that can that change? And is time also a variable in that process? Yeah, absolutely, mate. There, there's a there's a quote I
0: love saying, and it says, <clears throat> You are not your thoughts, you are the thinker of your thoughts. All right. So, and I'll expand upon that. So You're a divine being, let's take the definition of divine, you're a human. Let's say you're a human thinking thoughts, right? So you're a human being thinking happy thoughts. You're a human being thinking sad thoughts. And you're a human being thinking angry thoughts. So what most people do is go, oh, you know, my thoughts, that's the first thing that happens. And then, so I'm stuck in that way. But you've got to separate that. And this is something that that we use and we coach on workshops and through our blueprint as well, is you actually got to separate that and go, it's you first. Then you think the thought, right? And then as a result of thinking the thought, you have a neurological endocrinological, endocrino- I can't even say the word, reaction, where your, the, all the hormones in your body release into the system as a result of the thought you just thought about, right? Does that make sense? So yeah. you're actually laying there. So you wake up. And you have a momentary difference in time before you start thinking. So if you wake up and then you go, I'm happy today, you don't release all the happy hormones, right? Mm. If you think, oh, this is going to be a tough day, you have to actually think that thought because you can change that. So when we, when we look at that and we separate that and say, you are not your thoughts, you're the thinker of your thoughts, we're actually separated from it. And as you start doing that, then it means that you can actually reprogram that thought again straight away, right? And mm. so you go, oh, it's going to be a shit day today, excuse me for swearing. You, you can actually, show reprogram- the show. <laughs> right? Lots of it. Right. Great. You can actually reprogram. It's re- not even reprogram. You just, you, you can say it you go, actually not. That's just the thought that I'm choosing. And you see those little means where you go, you know, 86,400 seconds in a day. Why let, or whatever it is, why let 10, a 10 second moment wreck the rest of your day. So mm-hmm. waking up, I know it sounds easy. And people will be saying here right now, I oh, know it's not as easy that just to go. I'm happy. No, it's not as easy as that, but if you start saying those words, you actually start changing a whole neurological reaction in your body mm. that starts happening that way. And, and look, you know, easy examples. You're having a great day, great day, great day, and then someone comes in and does something crappy to you and you think a negative thought straight away and all of a sudden you feel drained, you feel tired, you feel fatigued. You've let that just accelerate and grow. Mm. But it's the other way around as well. You can having a crappy day, rock up to a party, someone's a real you know comedian card and you just start laughing your head off and all of a sudden you're feeling exuberant you're feeling happy. So you've got to have the thought yep. to then change the the reaction in your body for, for that to change as well.
1: Yeah, dude, that is so awesome. And there's so much to unpack here. What I love about this kind of perspective on change is, particularly when you start talking about the neurology of things, is it takes kind of the world of, of positive psychology, which is so powerful and impactful. And it makes it, I guess, a bit more tangible for people to digest because... Yep. Um, And there's a few things that I really like that I want to look at. One is that idea of of language and and it gives you a sense of agency, right? So no, it's not just as simple as saying I'm happy or, you know, I'm an excellent whatever footballer. If you're trying to train to become in that moment, no, but starting that process and and it starts to build a new narrative that you have for yourself. So language is really, really powerful. And again, it it gives you that sense of control. You have something that you can at least start to do to influence you know, the direction you're moving. And then, and the second thing that I really like is, you know, we're talking about um, how time is a variable and um, that the brain needs time to kind of change. And we know that neurons are uh, wired together, or fire together, wired together. Um, And I think what that does is it, it, for me anyway, it gives me a sense of comfort knowing that, okay, I'm not fucking broken or hopeless because I haven't made a shift immediately. I'm just a human being. And it gives you a sense of, confidence i suppose knowing that like hey you know average joe next to me isn't super special because he can change he potentially or she potentially has just gone through that process you know um of repeating those things or repeating that skill such that now their their brain has started to make changes and they're at that stage that i want to get to so it's not no it's not as much about being super special um as much as it is about just being disciplined controlling the controllable like you know positive language um over time repeating those patterns that we start to see those shift is that sort of what is that a fair assessment of what you're saying there uh, very can i give you an extra life hack in this as well Please. is is it when you're when you're doing
0: something that's creating change i'll teach this when people are doing goal setting as well right and one of the things we've heard about smart goal you've heard about smart goals you know smart attainable realistic there's one there's one stage that I believe that we miss out, and, and you'll see why I get that, and that's the end step, right? And the end step is going okay. Once you've achieved that goal, so let's just say I want to earn a million dollars in business, right? The end step is okay. What do you? How do you vision that in yourself? That when you've got the million dollars, you're sitting down looking at your bank account, going, oh my god, it's a million dollars. Have you just signed up your hundredth client at you know a thousand bucks a pop or whatever it is? What are you doing to celebrate? And the Mm -hmm. end step has got to be something that lights up the neurology. Think of the fireworks in the sky that just hits it. So every time you're reading your goal, you're sitting there visualizing whatever it is like, and everyone's end step is different. So I'll say to you, if if you and I and a group of people are going to go to Hawaii, what's for you, what's the end step for you to know that you've made it to that trip? If you were going to think about where, where where would it
1: be? Uh, I'd probably just be sitting on the beach. And right. immersing in that sort of feeling like yeah. I'm on a holiday and away from my problems to an extent. Yeah. S-
0: sipping on a cocktail at Waikiki or something. At,
1: right now. Yeah, at Duke's that? restaurant, right on Waikiki. Duke,
0: Duke, right, Duke's restaurant, right? So for other people, it might be stepping on the plane at Tullamarine Airport, going, I'm going on a holiday, I've made it, even though they haven't even left Melbourne yet. Others might be stepping off at the, you know, getting a, a lay around their neck. Someone might be going, No, I've got to swim with the turtles to know that I'm on a holiday. So the end step for everyone is not what you envisage of jukes, right? But for you, it's a really important thing that lights up your neurology, right? So when we're creating change, that was in a goals thing. So if anyone's listening about writing goals, you've got to create an end step that has this power to light you up and get you excited. So when we're creating change as well, We've actually got to light that neurology up. So it's all about adding emotion to the change. You know, why do you want to change? You know, why do you want to change? Why do you want to go to the gym? Or why do you want to lose weight? Or why do you want to learn, earn this million dollars? Or why do you need to change a personality trait that you need to? Because so if you just go, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, I'm awesome, I'm awesome. Eventually, you're not giving yourself any neurological reward. So you've got to put a picture in your mind of what awesome looks like. We're quite visual beings. Put a picture of what awesome looks like. And you're standing on the podium, you know, shaking your arms up like this, like you've just become world champion. Have something because that will fire. Like you said, the nerves that fire together, wire together. So you light up more neurology. Mm. You light up more firing together, which then makes it the information super highway and you'll get there quicker. Right? Does that I, make sense? That, that's the oh, so much. Here, but it's so huge. And if people add that in, you'll see that they'll start actually creating change quicker, achieving their goals faster because the neurology is then out looking, how do I make this happen? How do I make this happen?
1: So one of the key ingredients there is really attaching that emotional experience, which look, I I suppose at the end of the day, the only reason we do things is to gain pleasure or avoid pain, right? And so if we're just kind of ticking, ticking boxes to... "Quote unquote, achieve goals or you know build new habits just because someone's told us to. That's not yeah. what it's about. It's a, we're doing these things, we're having these sort of conversations um, to help derive a, a deeper sense of fulfillment. Right? It's to feel a certain way. It's to feel good. And so when that piece is missing, I think that is where people often fall short. I suppose as well that would pr- if you're training your nervous system to become more more familiar with feelings of joy, more familiar with a sense of confidence, more familiar with hopefulness and optimism, as you start to envisage your goals or a way of showing up in the world or whatever it might be. Are you then also, you know, for, if for someone listening, maybe their goal is just to feel better on a daily basis for them. Is that something that they could use where if their nervous system becomes more and more familiar with, you know, we don't have to get too, look, admittedly I'm a bit out of my depths here, whether it's heightened levels of dopamine or serotonin, whatever is going on there. Um, the more consistently they do that, are they then going to shift their, I guess their default state? More, most often, yes. But the one thing that, um, you know, we
0: were, we were starting to talk about and when we talk about personal development is, is that if you only focus on the good and you keep looking at the light, you know, think of a lighter and you keep walking towards the light, you'll get some level of, of change, right? But the ones that have noticed, and this is just through 15 years of coaching and and all the workshops we run is is it the best way to do it is going if you're on shoddy foundations. so let's just say you have this um belief system that you're not worthy right? i'm not worthy i'm not worthy or i don't deserve it i don't mm. deserve it all like i went through this going i know i'm deserving but i didn't believe that i deserved to have a great relationship great finances and great health altogether. so I was mm. only ever one i'd have a great relationship and work and finances were shit right or health was shit or great health but then work would fall apart and relationship would fall apart so I was at this level of deservedness going, yeah, I'm allowed to have one, right? What a belief system, hey? Terrible. I'm allowed to have one, but I'm not allowed to have it all, right? So if that was my belief system and I'm working on something and that still sits on that foundation and I keep going, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, but I still only believe I'm allowed allowed to have one at a time, that foundation is going to be the ceiling. Even though it's at the base, it's going to be the ceiling that's only going to allow you to get so far. So... In, in response to that, the people that really create huge success are the ones that turn around and lean into the shadow to turn around and go, why do I think that? Where does that come from? And dive into the, the dark side of, you want to say the dark side of personal development, because mm. the dark side of personal development is the side where you go, hey, the shadow's behind you. And yes. it's always going to be there if you don't turn around with a light and face and lean into it. And one of my business coaches for years has always said, Clint, just turn around, and lean, lean into it, lean into it, lean into those feelings. So, so one of the one of the things I was going to say, if you do write your affirmation you go, "I'm awesome." And the first word that comes up goes, "No, you're not. You're a fuckwit, right?" You yep. Go, mm, okay. Take notice and go, "Wow, that's the first thing I say when I say I'm awesome." Geez, got a bit of work to do, right? But let it go. Just let it go. As in, just wow, wow. That's the first thing. Say, like, "I'm awesome again. I'm awesome." Then, then after a while, it's it going, "Oh, yeah, maybe you might be. It might take three or four days." You know, there's an exercise where you say. I'm awesome 21 times a day for 21 days, right? By about day seven, it might say, oh, no, maybe you are, you mm. know, okay, keep going. But then i will go, no, you're not, you're a bastard, right? And then it keeps going through. So your subconscious is going to have an argument with you for what I said to start with. So you've got to lean into that. And sometimes you got to go, why am I a bastard? Why am I saying I'm a fuckwit, right? Yep. And then you might start going, oh, geez, you know, I did something silly when I was five years old and someone called me stupid. And I've taken that with me for the rest of my life because I didn't know what I was doing. Right. That's the leaning in, you start breaking into that. And that's where, that's the stuff I'm really passionate about. You know, the workshops we do is turning in and say, let's, let's clear out the shadow. Let's clear out that dark side, face those, you know, those demons of self-esteem and self-worth and self-deservedness and, and anything that's happened to you that you're still having a story around that is holding you back from doing what you want. And, that's the thing, you know, the big point is lean into the dark side, lean into the dark side, because you'll come up the, be up the other side a whole lot brighter.
1: Yeah, dude, I'm on your vibe right now so much. And we're touching on some stuff that is like, I feel equally passionate about, which is this idea of like, you know, the narrative we have of ourselves, which very often is um, below the surface, like you touched on there, it's very subconscious. So are there best practices to start to explore what some of those limiting beliefs are? are? Because um, I imagine if if they're not, what I'm hearing you say is if if we don't kind of visit that and sit with that and explore that, then we're ultimately going to be kept captive to that ceiling with be almost without even realizing. So yeah. so how do we start to firstly, I guess, identify what maybe some of those limiting beliefs might be? All right.
0: So as I was saying before, your, your whole success in life is based around your subconscious identity right so and your subconscious identity rules you so think about things like this if if you're listening here and want to write some notes think about you personally what do you say about yourself yeah and remember this will the subconscious identity will give you um a really good perspective on whether it's positive or negative. so don't think it's just all negative stuff that we're talking about so you know what do i say about myself I'm fat, I'm thin, I'm ugly, I'm good looking, I'm awesome, I'm amazing, I'm a lazy prick, I'm healthy, I'm a superstar. You know, So start thinking about what things that you describe yourself from a personal, personal perspective, right? I'm motivated, I'm committed, I'm not committed, I'm lazy, you know, all those sort of things. So sit down a list of stuff that you say about yourself and I'm using these as an example so you can start thinking, oh yeah, actually, I'm not committed, right? And write it down. So then you go into the next one on relationships. You know, I always need to be in a relationship. I want to be alone. I'm codependent. I'm independent. Um, I hate being in relationship. I love relationships more than I love myself. You know, there's all these things. So write down all the things about relationship. You know, I'm a good partner. I'm a great partner. I suck up to my partner. I'm a doormat. I get stepped on in relationships. You know, I Mm. step on others in relationships. So it can be primary relationship. It can be friends. The possibility stories, like you know, I believe in God. I don't believe in God. I'm Catholic. I'm Buddhist. Um, I'm a Satanist. You know, whatever, whatever you, whatever you write about possibility, you know, um, I see endless possibilities in the world, or the world's going to end. What words and things do you say about yourself in relation to spirituality and um, and possibility? And the last one is um, is money, right? Mm. You know, if you really want to get an idea of your money stories and your identity around money, just look at your bank account. That will tell you stuff really, really quickly. Now, some people go, Oh, but I'm, you know, you and I are transitioning through some stuff at the moment. We go, and so we're investing all our money into stuff and look at my bank account and go, God, I've got none. Right. It's like, and then, but then they'll start making excuses. Oh, but I got to pay this and got to pay that, got to pay this. We will spend our money according to our value systems. Right. Mm. So, so, but your money, yeah. You know, I'm good with money. Money flows to me easily. I spend my money. There's more month at the end of the money. You know, that's a Jim Jim Rohn quote that I used to love. <laughs> right. So, what are your stories around money? I spend it all. I can't spend it quick enough. I'm a saver. I'm a scrooge. And they're the thing. So, mm. in answer to your question, you've actually got to start talking to yourself about the stories you say to yourself, and a lot of these can be subconscious. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't you don't know you're actually saying it until you actually sit down and go hey let's start writing some of these things down so the other thing as well is look at some of the belief systems that um your parents you know always use Mm -hmm. money doesn't grow on trees you know can't afford that money doesn't grow on trees you know and some that we've dealt with in business when i'm business coaching you ask and say "Yep, i want to create a a five million dollar business and then you find out that their subconscious belief is from their parents has said if anyone earns more than hundred grand a year, you're a thief, you're a crook and you're a drug dealer. So they earn, seriously, they earn 98 dollars $99,000 a year and subconsciously do not go to the top because they don't want their parents. This is subconscious as well. and seen seeing in dozens of people, right? They don't go in because they don't want their parents to suddenly think that they're a crook or it's not. It's actually their parents. They think that they'll be a bad human, a bad person, because they're running over $100,000 a year or 50,000 or 200,000, whatever it is, right? So Mm. it's amazing how those subconscious beliefs can really impact us. So the other point is go back and look at the stories, you know, that that were said to you as a kid in finances and relationships. And like, you know, oh, you're just like your father, you'll never be good in relationship. Bloody hell. What a bad comment. (laughs) Mm, That's such an impressionable age as well. That can be really potent. Yep. And that's the thing. Up until the age eight, we we believe everything. So think about Santa Claus and and the Easter Bunny and all that sort of stuff. Now, as adults, I'm sorry to let this down if some of you still believe it, but as adults, we look back at the Easter Bunny and we laugh and go, oh, they were fun times. Believed it was so cool. Secretly, I'd love to have the Easter Bunny still around. However, we know that it's a belief system we know not to be true. Mm. And a lot of those things we still carry with us came about at a time when we actually know they're not to be true, but we still own it and we still use that as our baseline foundation to then rule the rest of our life. When you sit back and go, Oh my God, money doesn't grow on trees and you've used it to go, actually, you can create the world you want. You've just got to start
1: the start changing the narrative that you're talking about. That is so powerful. And I reckon so many people get trapped almost stagnant wondering why they're not advancing or they're not feeling better or that whatever. And it's almost like this shoulder shrug. I don't know what it is, but it's just that simple practice. Like you've alluded to there, which is awesome. Reflecting yep. and auditing and 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 writing down. It's just an easy starting point, which I couldn't encourage people to do more aggressively. It's something that I've incorporated almost, almost daily in terms of journaling, at least to some extent, just trying to reflect on like, what am I thinking? What am I noticing? And that awareness that you start to get, yes, it can be, sort of, I guess, um, uh, emotionally potent at first when you start to recognize like, holy fuck, I can't believe yeah. I genuinely have this limiting belief and it can be really hard to, to sit in that. But then pretty quickly, if you start to sort of become emotionally sober as you start that auditing process, you can almost become like um, very strategic with, with um, starting to shift some of those, right? Which will ultimately be the goal. But it does start with that being aware of, what it is holding it back that's that's super fascinating
0: and and sometimes awareness is the thing that shifts it completely to go oh my god because it's like the moment you realize that santa claus is not real you you don't need to then do work on it you suddenly go (laughs) oh my god really uh you get a bit this one right okay well good now i know mom and dad give me presents so sometimes having an awareness to go oh holy cow that's a belief system there's times where that will shift it straight away because the the adult brain goes, oh my god, what a silly story! And mm. it goes, doesn't happen. All, doesn't happen with every belief, but sometimes that's enough to shift the right ones to then start the process of, of of change to happen as well.
1: Yeah, mate, that's awesome. There's a few other topics I want to dive into while I've got you here, um, which I think are really important. So I know you do a lot of work around masculinity, femininity, what that means, what it looks like, what some of the roadblocks are that you know in today's culture, the way we, uh, I guess. Um, explain or define those things so just to start with uh, in terms of masculinity and then we'll touch on the feminine stuff in a moment if that's okay but from a masculinity point of view um, from your experience I guess your opinion how would you describe what masculinity should be I suppose or what it what it is in your opinion and what are some of the I guess challenges challenges you see in today's culture um, around masculinity and then we'll sort of pick apart um some ideas from that yeah awesome i might end up segueing into femininity as well because that's
0: so interrelated look the the challenge the challenge with today is that when we start at our workshops we we dive into a lot in masculinity and femininity and i'll always start with basics because there's people out there that go we've got no idea and we want to start with a, a basic baseline and then we build the narrative from that so when we start talking about masculinity, I do, I I start with the masculine is more the outward energies, you know, so strength and power and courage and, and go getting and committed. Right. So, and then femininity is more the inward energy. So love, compassion, empathy, understanding. And it's something that's really, really interesting because speaking to a lot of women and this is the conversations and and I love, love talking about this. Is it, There's so many different differing opinions, but most of us will agree to go, there's an outward energy and there's an inward, there's an outward and an inward energy. And if we can start somewhere where we go, we've got a a baseline agreement, then we can expand upon. But it's also remembering that, hey, my opinion's one and someone else's opinion's another. And this talks about triggers because this is triggering a lot of people at the moment. And the triggers are a gift to grow. So if you say something and it really triggers me, Yes. You're giving me a gift, right? You're giving me a gift because it's something that I then need to go. Why is that triggering? True, trigger, triggering me, and what is it that I need to learn from that gift, right? I've got to unwrap it. You've just handed me this gift, right? And I'm going, wow, I'm triggered. I'm going to get angry at Liam. He's a bastard. He's a prick, and he's all that. So it's like, no, he's actually giving me a gift because. That's triggering something inside of me. It's got nothing to do with you. And so, and, and why I'm talking about this masculine feminine with all the toxic masculinity going on and mm. all these gender changes. And I don't know if you've seen that, you know, lately people are starting to go, no, this is the non, non, oh, I can't remember what they're calling mothers now. It's the gestational parent right, right okay. and it's like and then the father is non-gestational parent we're not allowed to call him 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 or her they've got to be a they um it's not breastfeeding they're now calling it chest feeding because they don't want to insult this and this is this is the stuff that's really it's really getting uh, to me personally out of hand right sure. so go back to masculinity and femininity is is it unwrapping the gift as the triggers it is really really important so I look at this and and this is something that women say is it's really, really, really tough because I'm one of those was brought up to go, you know, be respectful, open a door, open a door for a woman. And open the door and sometimes I get abused, but I'll still keep opening the door because to me, that's, that's part of my value system, part of integrity. But women are screaming out going, we need these strong men to stand up. We need these men to stand up and draw a line. And this is, this is the thing men have feminine attributes and masculine attributes women have masculine and feminine attributes as well. So they're getting to the stage where the conversations we have with our, with our women facilitators and women crew is going, we love a man to draw a line in the sand. We know that we can surrender into our femininity when our man stands up and draws a line and goes, I'll defend you. I will, I will defend you with my life and I'll stand there with my strength and power and just go, stop. And then at the same time, they want him to be able to, not at the same time, but they want them to be able to then melt into their feminine side and show them love and compassion and a listening ear. So so the word of toxic masculinity for me is, is it, I, I think it's the toxic side is going, I don't like the word toxic, just going, it's a distorted masculinity and it's, it's wrong. Like when I say it's wrong, you know, everything that was happening with me too and the abuse and the power abuse, it's all wrong. It's, it's all wrong. But what's happening is, is that they're trying to make strength and courage and power and drawing line in the sand all wrong when it's not because when it's done cleanly, I know women stand there and go, I want my man to walk up and go, don't touch her because I'm going to defend her with my life. Now, that's not toxic. That's like saying I'm going to look after my woman, even if she can look after herself, to know that we've got boundaries and this is the thing. It's all about boundaries it's about boundaries and stepping into that power. So mm. I could talk for hours about this because I'm just trying to give the, the the shallow side is that it's, yeah, yeah. it's the boundaries that have been stepped over that's created the toxic masculinity. But the word toxic has been attributed to anything to do with that masculine outward energy side. And yeah. and I, I love it. I see women, I see women go, I'm stepping into my masculine right now. I'm going to go get shit done. I'm going to do this, 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 so I can get it get it done. And then they go, and then they finish, go, now I'm going to surrender into my feminine. And they become in flow and love and compassion. It's it's amazing to watch. And that's what men can do too. But we're afraid. We're, we're actually afraid. We're afraid to show a vulnerability. That's why suicide's mm. going through the roof. We're afraid to actually talk about our emotions. So we just go and neck ourselves instead. And now we're going, we can't even show our, strength and our power and our full masculine nature because now we're told it's fully toxic right so there's this and and, but this is happening to the women as well so there's this narrative around setting boundaries and it's really i'm really concerned with the way the world's going at the moment you know, getting rid of all these genders and issues and all that sort of stuff as well men are getting really confused men are getting really confused going well we don't know how to show our vulnerability because we've never been taught it's like toughen up go to school, don't cry, don't show emotion and do, 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 do when, and they, they, they're tearing themselves inside. Mm. And then they go, well, all I know how to do is to be a bloke and they're doing it right. But they go, no, you can't be a bloke like that because that's toxic. And then, so we're stuck. We, we don't know where to turn. And that's what is taught about going, no, we've got to show our vulnerability. We've got to show the feminine side we've got to stand up for our masculine. We've got to stand as Kings. We're gonna stand as warriors with, with lines in the sand and understanding what that means as a King to stand and, and look after the people around you. Um, I said, I'll keep going on forever, but it's just something that's really, really passionate that, that I love. And we teach on our workshops at a really, really deep level, but yeah. there's also the negative side. There's that distorted side, the bully, the bully warrior who goes mm-hmm. in bullying I'm going to fuck with you. I going to fuck you over, do all that sort of stuff. Or there's the seducer or there's the manipulator. So we pull that apart and people, the men and women, when they're on their workshops, look at this at a real deep level to go, ah. I can see where I'm not being clean with my energy right now, whether it's as the lover or in relationship or business. And it's it's pretty profound stuff.
1: I think I really like, I do really like the idea of um, having the masculine and feminine energies. And yep. admittedly, sort of that word energy for me, up until somewhat recently was a little bit too ethereal. However, um, in recent times, the more I sort of marinate in, in this idea, it just makes so much more sense. So um, I think by the way you... Uh, share that so nicely around energies is it makes it less about, you know, being a male and or a female and the stuff we're talking about, look, I'll be the first to say that I'm out of my depths when it comes to some of the important conversations that do need to be had in the, in today's climate um, in the way that culture is moving. I think there's, you know, creating too many divides and that, and that sort of confrontation I don't think is a good thing. However, like I said, I'm a little bit out of my depths here. However, I, I like that you've, you've brought up the idea of um, I guess what traditionally masculinity looks like uh, and, and femininity for that matter as well. And there's almost this like confusion that comes for men and women alike in terms of like, well, how, do, how am I meant to show up? And then that sort of ties into, you know, this like biological need, as you'd well know, to be social, to be a part of the tribe, to not be ostracized from the group. And so that's almost the biological reason. Add on top these other layers of social, you know, uh, influences and pressures and stuff like that to show up a certain way. It just gets really fucking confusing. Where, uh, but whereas we start talking about okay, maybe there's a time and a place to express masculine energy. Maybe there's a time and a place to express feminine energy. And then what those portions are are going to differ from from person to person. I don't think there's sort of a right or wrong approach. But at least framing it that way. And what I'm hearing you say is. Um, for men and women alike, it allows you to show up more authentically, um, to have integrity. You touched on there, which is so powerful and I think a really important value to have. And you just fucking feel better when you are living a life of more integrity. Right. And I can only speak from my own uh, mass uh, male experience, of course, but there's so many times in, in culture where you show up a certain way, whether it is the seducer or the, or the, you know, the comedian or the, or the bully, whatever it might be. Um, because that's ultimately all you know. So I, I really like the, this conversation, like I said, as much as I'm very much in the infancy of what I can actually add in terms of you know, what value I can add, I'd like to encourage where possible more dialogue around, okay, uh, what is going to make the most sense for you and recognize that there's no, uh, other than some you know, universal laws, there's very few things that you have to do. And if you're a man, maybe it might make more sense to be vulnerable at times to find connection to and and embrace that feminine energy and and also for for females where traditionally up until somewhat recently in the scheme of things where it was considered the norm to um almost embrace solely that feminine energy you touched on there maybe there's a time and a place to be very bold to be the protector to do all these things and so i feel like it this then allows people listening to go. Actually, yeah, I fuck with that. I'm actually a bit more this or a bit more that, and again in different situations. And then that sort of alleviates the that burden of like feeling like you have to show up a certain way. And it encourages more integrity. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's sort of my synopsis. There um, is that sort of a fair yeah, look at re- things. No, per- perfect synopsis. We we do a
0: there, there's a, a process we do, and I'll just use this as an example where. Men, the women have to do it. The men have to make a stand for something that they believe in, right? And we had an, had an example of a of a, of a man who was more feminine, that's very, very introspective, compassionate, loving. And when he made the stand, he tried to do it in a this bully way, whereas like rah 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 rah, and it just wasn't him. Right? It wasn't, him. and and he couldn't get. It. He goes, but I'm 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 making the stand. I'm making the stand. And then it was just the comment to go. Make it your, because he was out of integrity with himself. And this is the the summary of what you're saying. It's like, no, you're not, you're not a warrior. You're not a bully, right? You're a warrior in your own way. You come from a place of love and understanding and say it with strength. And this Mm. is the, this is that any, you come from a place of love, but say it with strength and compassion and courage and mix that together. And people will stop in their tracks and go, my God, this man owns himself. And he, he started bawling his eyes out because he got it. He thought he had to go, I've got to be this warrior and I'm meant to you know walk around like gladiator and punch the hell out of it. It's like, that's not you. And he stood in this really strong stance of strength and came with a place of love. And everyone in the room just stopped. Even people that weren't even in his group because the energy was projected over. So that's the thing is, is that we're all different. The big concern about right now is they're trying to make us all the same, right? They're all putting this into what we are humans. It's like, No, this is the beauty of humanity. We are all different. Every man is different. Every woman is different. Everyone who shows strength is different and all that sort of stuff. And that's the beauty of humanity. And that's Mm. the reason why, you know, as humans, humans, we need connection. We need community. We need purpose. And right now, uh, you know, we want to say it, they're stripping that away from us Mm. and humans are hardwired to be in communities. And so we have this difference and that's the beauty of it. Why we have so much diversity is because we interpret all that completely differently. And that's yeah. the amazing part of it. So um, people try and model themselves and go, no, do like you said, and this gets back to you, integrity with yourself first yeah. in how you do stuff. So if you go, all right, all right, you go, that doesn't feel right. Then don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Just stand in integrity and
1: stand in your own power. Right? Isn't that and a then fucking great right? feeling and look I'll be lying if I said I feel this all the time but there's moments where it's like particularly if it is something that's a little bit against the grain or maybe just contrary to how I'd been in the past given the personal growth that I've you know worked hard to build into my own life in recent years but those moments where you're like you stand in and you feel very very authentic dude there's no better feeling it's like this is this is who I am and it's you know whilst like, I crave connection more than you can imagine, I love humans, very so, very socially driven, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, those moments where you're like, I genuinely, one way or another, the, the opinions of others don't sway me one way or another. It's, I just feel very authentic in the way I'm showing up, the way I'm communicating, my beliefs that I'm sharing. That feeling is really cool. And I, I want people to experience that more consistently. And I know that you do a lot of work with your coaching um, and some of these workshops from my understanding. And so I'd love if you, if you uh, would mind to share a bit about um, planet personal growth. I know you've touched on some of the seminars that you do, but what exactly do they look like? The stuff that we're talking about in this conversation is, do you go further um, into this stuff to help people integrate that into habit? Like, what does that look like um, with what you've got going on? Sure. Thanks, mate. Hey, can I just jump in? You know how you were talking about energies earlier,
0: right? When you're in that authentic authentic moment you were just sharing i bet you next time you feel that look around the room and this is just as a self-check but when you're in that authentic power and energy everyone else in the room stops just not just people on your table there will be and this is the connection because there's bigger things than just human physical touch stuff There'll be people will turn around to listen to you because I go. I need to just turn and listen to this person right now, and they do it subconsciously because it's there's that power in that drawing, and it's not that you're being, you know, obnoxious and boisterous and all that sort of stuff. You're just emitting, and it and it happens. So this is something for you as well. When you're holding yourself like that, people stop and listen because they go, I feel that there's something big or monumental in this room, right? Mm. So it's just an interesting thing because we see that on, on our workshops and going to our workshops, we see a moment where something may have happened or a participant's like going through a, a process and a crew member has had an experience of something really deep wisdom. And they just step, they step into the room. And if ev- everyone's energy, they haven't even said anything and everyone just turns and just looks at this person. They know that they're going to say, we know they're going to say something and they haven't even said anything yet. Right? So this is, this is what happens. So, do we dive deep into this in our workshops, our, our workshops, the men and women's workshops that we run called the awakened man and the awakened woman. We run them all over Australia. So we've got one coming up in the gold coast, um, come soon. Um, don't know when you're releasing the date. That's the end of March, but we run them in, um, Victoria, Queensland, so on the gold coast and Perth and we run them multiple times a year. Um, so, the women, I'll just talk about the, the differences. So men and women do things differently. That's what we said. So the women, we have women, amazing women facilitators, women crew coming from all over Australia and women participants. So it's a women's only event. And then we run the men's event a couple of weeks later with the, the men men facilitators, men crew uh, and, and, male, and uh, the male participants. So we'll dive in. And part of the reason why we set up Planet Personal Growth with my business partner, Matt Ferris, was that Originally, we're going, there's something massively missing in the world of personal development on experiential programs. So the retreat we go through, and look, my background, I've got um, hypnosis masters in NLP, done a lot of neurology, traveled, traveled the world and facilitated on these sort of things for a very long time. But what we were talking about was going, we're missing connection, community, clarity, and purpose, right? And we were saying this before. And so part of this is... The weekend, the four days is all about diving in, evaluating what's not working for you, emptying it out, and then empowering you to be better. So, but we do this all through games and processes, right? So there's not a lot of sitting down, games and processes, meditation, we do hypnosis, we go through and do things like um, doing a sweat lodge. So we run a sweat lodge, and that's all about recreating connection to earth, it's also visualizing. We do some really deep breath work, work, um, stuff like rites of passage, but it's very profound. And then we dive into archetypal stuff like the king, warrior, magician, lover. For the women, it's the queen, warrioress, the magician, the lover. So it's all that. And we 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 go in both because as I said, men and women do it differently. So on these workshops for the men, and we're talking about it, and this is the one I'm really passionate about because I'm running those workshops. We teach men to be vulnerable, but we also teach them to rumble. Like we rumble and we rumble hard. We have a lot of laughter, but we teach them the gamut of emotions so that they can feel what it's like. We'll get in and wrestle and roll around. And we had guys in their 70s go, I haven't done that since I was eight years old, right? And they they've lost that, they lost that physicality that men love. Women get in and and they will get around and move and dance and do all these, do all these sort of things as well. And then we bring it back, but we go into do a tribe together as a second level. And this is when we start explaining the difference between men and women and how we do stuff. So the whole weekend is really designed. And the biggest thing we do is we go through that identity, subconscious identity. We dive into some of those big patterns that hold them back and um, we get them to lean into their shadow or lean lean into the darkness at a at a deep level because it's in those dark times that they have the biggest breakthroughs and very supported crew's very trained as i said and it's a it's a it's a phenomenal workshop and you end up making friends friends for life over a weekend and mm. i i mean friends for life they're on the same journey with you and they're your brothers brothers
1: and sisters and then brother yeah that so sounds so that's a basic, awesome. that's a basic rundown <laughs> and you'll be coming along to it soon too, mate. <laughs> mate, a hundred, lock me into it. That sounds, that actually sounds super cool. I, as a very kinesthetic learner, like a light and experiential, like that, that sounds like my jam. I know people differ in terms of personalities, but I think everyone to some extent, and it sounds like yep. you're catering to that, you know, to have that level of connection. And we are talking earlier about having an emotional um, experiential Experience, I suppose, to like a better word, and, and
0: I was just going to add that in. That's the biggest reason yeah. why we do that is, is it when you can highlight your neurology at a massive level, when yeah. you can actually kinesthetically do stuff as well, rather than just reading. Um, it, it impacts these changes massively. So even even when we go to our forward visioning, we don't write goals, but we write a a vision of the future. Mm. How we do that is very deeply impactful. To get men, men and women to really remember what they're making a stand for, and it's yeah, it's it's huge. But that's the whole reason why is we want that experiential highlighting the neurology as a to hyper excite the neurology, and it's um, it's it's phenomenal to see the changes that happen as well.
1: I can only imagine. Well, mate, I will let you go. Thank you so much for coming at the time. I think I feel like we touched on so many fucking interesting ideas and some real takeaways as well. I'll put in the show notes. Uh, some stuff about those programs and workshops that you're running. They sound so interesting. we um, will put links to your websites, your socials, but um, mate, I really appreciate you taking the time to connect with us, um, with the audience and community that we have here. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. So um, you're a legend, mate. Very appreciated. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform if you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. It really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode. Thanks again.